Hi, and welcome back to the latest edition of Chapter Two's Talent Ed podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by Hesse Coleman, the Vice President of People for Sedna Systems. Sedna is a smart team communication software that unifies all messages, data and documentation to help companies focus on the work that matters. They've had huge success since being founded in 2017 and have doubled the company size over the last 12 months. So we welcome Hesse today to talk about how she's achieved it and what they've got in store for the future. So a big welcome today to Hesse Coleman who is the uh, Vice President of People at Sedna Systems. Welcome, Hesse. Thank you so much for joining us on Chapter Two's Talent Ed. Thank you for having me, Sophie. It's a pleasure. Uh, no problem. It's great to have you here. So um, we've been talking a lot about um, Sedna and how uh, the best way to kind of introduce you. And um, as we both agree that I'm not going to do it justice, um, I'll just say that you are um, here and you're reimagining email. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'll hand it over to you, Hesse, at that point, and you can tell us a little bit more about it and um, your journey so far. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, as you say, what Sedna really is doing is, is, is reimagining email from the ground up. Um, I think we've realised uh, that fundamentally, I mean, practically every business out there is using email. Uh, it's such a core part of how business is done. Um, but ultimately it's not what really what it was designed for It's this academic protocol like 40 years ago that really wasn't designed to carry uh, commerce today. Um, and I think so many hours are lost and so much time is lost to managing your inbox. I, and everyone, I think all of us, we've developed these little hacks and workarounds to make it work. Um, and I have to admit, I myself was in the same boat. I'd, I'd not really thought about doing it differently because um, it's such a ubiquitous thing, right? Uh, so when I when I saw Sedna in action and had a, had a demo when I was first talking to Bill, her founder and CEO, it was like a little light bulb went off in my mind. Um, it was a real kind of aha moment that was like, oh, this is brilliant. Why is nobody doing this um, already? Uh, and it's really so it's really cool because what we what we can do is by um, kind of taking the taking the problem of email that is so ubiquitous uh, and building up from the ground up. Uh, of actually what this what this could be um, and really building visibility and collaboration into its into the heart of it I actually were able to not just uh, improve on, on the kind of classic business metrics things like efficiency etc but actually we're saving people time and a lot of frustration so that's really uh, actually really exciting that um, that people were saving, I think, on average, um, hours per week for every every person or team that's, uh, that's using the system. Um, I know one customer told us recently that everyone in her team saves half an hour a day that they get to go home earlier to spend with their friends and families wow. <laughs> since they've launched Sedna, which, so that makes it really exciting. Um, I, so to tell you a little bit about uh, about me as, as well, I feel like I've, I've just launched straight into what is Sedna, um, but I, I, I figure the team can can cut this uh yeah no, definitely sense. you've been there for the you know for the it's 2017 it started didn't it and you've been there since 2019 so I'm sure you've had a big part to play we definitely want to hear about you and your background yeah I uh thanks I I joined Sedna in early uh, at the start of 2020 so at the end of 2019 we just received some funding um and I came in uh, then at the beginning of 2020 uh, so it was the first leadership hire that was made uh, once we got some funding so, um, and that I think really speaks to uh, Bill, our founder and CEO's ethos that actually the first uh, hire he wanted to bring in was 
was on the people team to um, actually really help to make sure that Sedna is not just a great product and doing great things for our customers, but actually also a really great company. That that kind of people first mentality really, really shines through. Um, so to tell you a little bit about my background. So I joined in early 2020 um, as the first VP of people. I, I've been in tech for a while. Most recently I was at Starling Bank um, and it was consulting for a while after that with a number of different startups and scale-ups. Um, I started my career in the corporate world. Uh, I used to work for a large professional services company um, and uh, then was in the energy industry for a while, uh, which gave me a really solid grounding, I think, in, in, in best practice and also a great understanding of actually how enterprises work and communicate at, at that scale when you're tens of thousands of people across the world. Um, but ultimately I found, uh, I, I, I moved into the startup world after many years in corporate and uh, kind of never looked back. I found that that was very much uh, a better fit for me. Um, I think the pace and agility uh, and, and culture of a startup really uh, suited me much better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it sounds as though it's uh, it's been all systems go since you started. I mean, like you say, Series A in 2020, 2019, 2020, Series B earlier this year. Um, we we're talking kind of, you know, headcount, it's uh, doubled since you joined the team. So you're now looking at about 125 um strong team um, but over 75 hires in the last 12 months so you know you're scaling rapidly um, and and you've been there for that for that process how how have you found that yeah it's uh, it's we, I mean as you say it's been really uh, rapid scaling um, we're, we're pretty much into hyper growth I think at this point yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and yeah I mean there's uh, there's a lot there there's a lot of good there right the fact that actually um, we've been able to continue to attract customers and revenue uh, bring on new team members bring on new investment I actually we've been there's been a lot of real positives during this time um, of course having joined just at the beginning of 2020 I well I, a few weeks in I think I had about two weeks in total in our different offices across the globe um, and then a pandemic hit um, and we we locked down early we thought it was the right thing to do um, but yeah so having had about two weeks uh, in our offices I basically hadn't seen anybody else uh, since for about about a year probably um, which is quite a quite a change to what I, I initially imagined I'd be doing when I first went in but as with all of us, um, you know, we had to had to uh, adapt to, um, to to the changes ahead of us and make sure that we were do we were doing what was right for our people going through what is for many a very very difficult time. Um, so there've definitely been some some real challenges uh, along the way as well, some, some highly unexpected ones too. Absolutely, and you talk. Um about kind of the remote working. And I know um, that you uh, made a move from um, remote friendly to remote first there at Sedna. Mm. Um, uh, and I, I'm sure that had a big part to, uh, to play in the fact that you are an international uh, company um, and obviously had people all over the world from day one. Um, so, I suppose with that growth that you've experienced over the last, um, you know, 12 to 18 months, um, how, how have you, um, how have you gone about that? How have you uh, done that on an international basis? And I suppose what impact did COVID have on that? Was it, was it a challenge? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, um, 
so yeah, as you say, Sedna has been international since day one. Um, I think in most cases you often have a, a kind of HQ um, and then as part of an internationalization project, uh, expand into new, new markets, new territories. Uh, we did things slightly differently. Um, we've, we've always had a presence in Canada, in the UK and in Singapore, um, which I, I think in many ways gave us a little bit of a head start when it when it when we then suddenly were moving to being all fully remote because actually if you're working together with someone um you know like we we might be a few miles apart now um but actually whether we're talking to each other on zoom from a few miles apart or uh, from a different continent doesn't make that much difference in how we would work together so there's some things i think that were um that translated very well there. Um, and I think we've always been quite uh, very flexible. Um, so we talked about being remote friendly before. I I think, I guess it's a difference of, um, of, of assumption that if you're remote friendly, um, which we were, I think, you know, we, we hired great people and, and I think trust is something that's very important to, uh, to the Sedna culture as well. So actually trusting people to make the best decisions for themselves and their team as to where and when and how they best get their work done. Um, and, and juggling that with any other priorities they have in their lives, I, I think it works much better um, uh, for us, or it is something that's quite important for our, or to us. Um, so we'd always been remote first, uh, meaning, you know, there was no um, need to uh, kind of get prior approval if you occasionally wanted to work from somewhere else or different hours, etc. We kind of uh, defaulted to um, trusting people to make those decisions for themselves but we were still um, primarily office focused uh, though very flexible so then yeah during the pandemic um, actually shifting to being uh, really remote first definitely did still have, bring some changes and some challenges um, for sure I, I think there is a difference for all we we were quite fortunate that we had um, already had this experience of working closely with people that weren't co-located with you I that was definitely helpful, I think, um, to uh, in, in that experience. Um, but actually, I think going from doing that occasionally or with half the team being in a different location to uh, everyone's in a different location and you're at home uh, is very different. So I think some of the challenges there, I mean, some were, were purely practical, uh, like not everyone had a, had a desk at home um, that they could work from. Uh, so actually even just sorting out equipment, making sure people had a good Wi-Fi connection, headphones, microphone, all that good stuff. Uh, on day one, but some of it as well was more um, core, I think, in terms of how we how we work. Um, so something that we'd already had some experience of, I think, having been globally distributed, were things like asynchronous working. Um, so the the kind of assumption that uh, you know I might send you a message, um, but I don't expect a response immediately. If it's urgent, then that's something else. But and there's some things, of course, that that make a lot of sense to do. Uh, it's, it's synchronized or kind of at the same time, like this this conversation, for example. Actually, you know, we could have batted questions back and forth by email, but actually, this is this is far more fun and nice and pleasant to have a chat with you. Um, so there's some things, of course, that are really valuable to do kind of in, in sync, um, but actually for a lot of things, uh, we can, we find that we, we can actually have discussions and collaborate and work well together in a more asynchronous um, way, often through long form written communication. Um, so that's something that uh, we've put a lot of work and effort into to make sure that we're, we're able to do that well. I think, you know, we're, I mean, even even for us, I mean, we we make a product that is really ideal for for collaboration, um, remote and otherwise. Uh, and even then, we you know we've still had to I think take a hard look at our own practices and make sure that we're we're continually adapting. And of course, um, as with any business, the challenges is the challenges of scaling up are uh, are, are the same, right? There's, 
what works for you with 50 people isn't necessarily going to be what works with 100 or in the future 500 or 1000. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's one of the facts of being a scale up really is that you do have to continually assess and make sure that what you're doing is, is continues to be the best way to, to operate. Um, and that you're, I think, uh, that, yeah, that you're continually improving um, just as much, uh, I guess, a software principle of continuous improvement um, as, as I think uh, it, one of the culture. Absolutely. And like you say, you know, just constantly reviewing and, and understanding that potentially as you go from 60 to 120 people, those existing processes or, you know, tools or whatever it might be may not be applicable anymore and making sure that you, you know, you understand that so that you can move forward. Um, I think many scale ups as well, um, particularly now uh, with the current kind of um, post pandemic climate might be looking for um, to expand at, on an international um, level, whereas potentially they, they may not have been before or, or potentially it's brought it forward. Um, what would you sort of say in terms of steps that they need to take um, when you're looking at, you know, going into new markets? I think you said you started in three locations, you're now in 10 locations. So what would be kind of, you know, just just some some fundamental steps that they might need to take to, to successfully scale in new areas? Yeah, so leaving aside any uh, kind of legal and compliance considerations, um, because there are a lot of great solutions coming into the market now that can help um, to actually employ people in different countries. Uh, I think some of the things to think about are, first of all, um, actually being able to uh, hire people wherever you happen to find the best people, not just limited to where your offices happen to be. Um, that opens up huge opportunities for, for a company, even, even for us. And we were very flexible even before the pandemic and very, we definitely would have said we were very remote friendly. Um, but actually, I, even more so now, um, I think we've realized that we can really operate very, very well, even where we're not co-located at all. Um, so actually taking that constraint out of the question uh, it's really opened us up to hiring talent wherever we happen to find the best people, um, so long as it's in a time, but we look much more as a time zone rather than actual physical location. Uh, and that's really opened a lot of doors for us. Um, so I think we now employ people in about 10 countries across the world, uh, which is has really opened a lot of great doors in terms of talent markets. Um, some of the things I think that you do need to consider though are uh, communication. Um, is a big one. I, how you create feedback loops, how you even give people a chance to socialize. These things that I think um, kind of happen organically when you've got a bunch of people in a room. I, I think you do need to think about a lot more intentionally uh, a lot earlier on if, you, if you're not physically co-located with the people that you're working with, which I think is something that we've um, kind of all of us have, have seen and had to adapt to in the course of the pandemic. Um, but I think if you then add different time zones into the mix, especially, uh, then that does bring some additional considerations uh, that you have to, get, have to think about. Um, so things like, for example, I, when meetings are scheduled um, and does it really need to be a meeting? Is this something we can work on asynchronously? Um, especially I, when you've got all these different time zones in play, um, that's something that I think I, it needs to be thought about quite carefully because you also, I, it's very easy, I think, to um, have a kind of scope creep of sorts uh, where people's hours end up kind of getting extended because, oh, I'm just going to get up early to work with this team and then oh, I'll just stay on a little bit later, uh, which it, that willingness is great, um, but at the same time actually is not uh, kind of healthy and sustainable um, and often also not necessary. I think we've all been conditioned over the years to 
default to kind of doing things in the moment, um, which isn't necessarily always the 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 best uh, the best way that we can do things. Um, so yeah, I would recommend. I, I think there's huge opportunities um, in actually being able to support a remote team or a global team really well. Um, but in order to do that, I think, and especially if you've only got a few people in different locations, um, I think you do need to take a step back and really evaluate how you best do that to make sure that those people also feel included. Uh, you don't want to kind of have the core team and the remote people as a, as a kind of them and us, um, which would be a very easy trap to fall into, I think. No, I, you know, I absolutely agree. I think um, making sure that everyone feels included, even if they're not necessarily based um, in that main office or near that main office is, is a really key thing to, to think about and to, to, you know, take steps to make them feel included, um, you know, however, however that may be. And you're obviously doing it well. Um, you've got some fantastic, uh, well, flawless scores. Uh, we were having a look on Glassdoor um, and, you know, you've got 100% likely to refer um, a friend, 100% likely to refer, uh, recommend the CEO. Like these are really, really uh, great and very uh, authentic results you know like it's transparent it's there it's it's the people um, telling the story for you I suppose um, and uh, something I've mentioned to you earlier was about um, on, on the website you know you'd refer to your team as um, you, you recognize that they're parents you recognize that they might be marathon runners you know you recognize that whatever it might be that they're humans and there's more to them I suppose than just being an employee of Sedna so I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about that because I think it's a huge accolade to you but you know is that was that a conscious decision was that part of the strategy um, to, to maintaining that inclusivity as you grew? Yeah, I think I think uh, actually Sedna is a very inclusive and welcoming place to work. And that's one of the things that I found so attractive about it when I joined. One of the things that I think is absolutely critical that we preserve um, that continues to be really within the heart of the culture. I think I that yeah, one of the things that is um, really nice um, about Sedna's culture is, is the fact that I think it is a very people first uh, place to work. Um, so not just that uh, you know, we're obviously we're we're here to um, create a product that we're selling and and bringing value to our customers, um, which in itself is actually uh, we're solving some really hard and interesting challenges, and that's part of what makes it quite a quite an interesting place to be. Um, but at the same time, I actually one of the, one of the things I think as well that's really important is um, actually building a really great place uh, that people actually want to work and can do their best work. I. And I think the culture of Setna is something that makes it really special. Um, it is, I think, a really nice balance of uh, both attracting you know, really talented, fantastic people, but also it's very, very collaborative. Everyone's got time for each other. So although on an individual basis, I think the people of Setna can be uh, you know, hugely impressive, uh, but actually, you know, everyone's got time for each other. Um, it's and I think because we use Sedna ourselves, uh, you know, obviously I'm hugely biased here. This is not a plug, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but I do find it really nice because a collaboration is such a key part of um, of the value of of the Sedna product. Uh, and we can really see it internally ourselves as well. You know, you can see people popping up to ask questions um, or cheer each other on when something's going well. Uh, and it's really that ha having that very, very visible, I think, um, is really, really lovely. So then the question then, of course, is how do you how do you maintain that at scale? Um, and I think I so part of it, I think, is um, I think you really need to understand what your culture is. 
I and that's quite a that's a trickier challenge than I guess it sounds sometimes because I think I it's almost a scale from being too superficial to be meaningful to on on one end of the spectrum to the other end um almost being kind of too narrowly defined to the point that actually you you, you create a ceiling for yourself in in your scaling um because there comes a point where you're you're only looking for a very very narrow um target and and can accidentally create a very homogenous workforce if that's uh if, if you draw the net too tight um so i think i actually taking a really hard look at what the key behaviors are that are common across the business that are valued that are promoted and also where you draw the line as to what's not acceptable are they are really important um things to be able to actually define what the what the culture is I, and of course, you know, it's not going to be identical um, when you've got 20 people to 50 to 100 to 500, etc. But it needs to be recognizably the same company. Um, so how you really build that into, into your processes, into your uh, operating procedures, how you, um, how you uh, actually really live that culture and, and ensure that that continues, I think is something that is, uh, is really critical. Um, and it kind of informs everything from you know how you how you hire to how you reward people to um how you make sure in our case for example collaboration is something that's really important i think in the in the culture which you know we, we, we make a collaboration tool so you would kind of hope that that would be the case right yeah. um, <laughs> but it's something that i think is uh, is really deeply ingrained um and is really visible for collaboration and transparency these are all things that i think are are really important in them um, in our culture so making sure that uh, you know, as we scale, we're kind of at that inflection point now where, you know, maybe everyone can't really know each other closely, socially, personally anymore. Um, but how do you make sure then that you have the kind of appropriate feedback mechanisms and feedback loops in place that, I, you know, everyone everyone still has the same chance to um, to be heard and have their voice heard uh, and their ideas? Because I think that's I, part of that transparency and collaboration is, is, that is really critical is also part of the reason why I think... Um, people often like to join a startup is, is because they want to uh, feel that their ideas are, are can be heard and that they're and respected and valued um so how that continues i think as you as you scale uh, is definitely possible but i think it does require a little bit of conscious effort and thought behind it oh, it definitely does it definitely does is that something then that you've kept consistent have you got the same uh, values and the same behaviors that are kind of linked to those values that you had when you were half the size Yes, I uh, I think so definitely. Um, actually, it's a big uh, one of the, the culture was one of the big draws for me in joining the company myself when it was much much smaller and much more early days. That uh, a combination of both having a fantastic team and culture in place, as well as a really interesting product that I thought was really uh, going places, um, and was really what drew me to the company. So I think actually ensuring that we do maintain that culture and keep the things that are, are so core to who we are as a business. Uh, it's something that I think um, is is going to be a real kind of success factor for us. Um, so yeah, we're we're quite uh, I think careful about how we how we manage that. Um, we've very intentionally not uh, used values as um, the tool that we use to describe how we operate. Um, but that's not to say, of course, that we don't have values or or principles or behaviours that we uh, or how we like to how we like to act. Um, I think. About a year ago, we uh, kind of set ourselves this challenge of, of articulating what it actually means to work at Setna. What is it? What is it like here? What, um, how do you describe it to your friends? Uh, kind of those kind of questions try to tease out in people's own words. 
Um, and what came out was uh, really highly collaborative, passionate people, results orientated, um, definitely people first, team players, uh, and, with, uh, and fairly humble with low egos. Um, and that's something that was kind of taking people uh, in, in their own words, um, but it came out, uh, actually the themes came out really, really strongly across the business. And that's something that we're really um, careful to ensure that we, we, we protect and continue. Um, so that's something that we, we kind of test regularly to make sure that actually it still, still applies. Uh, so although that articulation is about a year old um, and I'm not gonna pretend we're gonna always use the same words to describe it, I think core themes need to, uh, need to, need to always be there. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to kind of have those as a, as a core, like you say, so that as you expand outwards, you know, there's that consistency, um, especially at the moment as well. The market, I don't know if you're finding the same, but um, there seems to be kind of a bit of a frenzy and um, a lot of um, kind of clients or colleagues or acquaintances that we're speaking to are feeling it, you know, that sort of post pandemic uh rush or whatever it might be that's causing it um that actually the talent market the talent sector has has kind of taken on a, a whole other level um a whole life of its own and um you know it's very competitive and just could be described as fierce is that something you're finding are you you know how can you differentiate yourself um i suppose i know you've got you know you, you're recruiting all the time and you've got particularly in the tech sector as well how can you kind of uh, make sedna stand out or, or what kind of message do you want to give to to show how you do stand out yeah i think you're absolutely right um i mean there definitely is uh, i i dread to say a kind of war for telling because that's such a cliche isn't it but actually <laughs> yeah. the, the competition is fierce right now absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no you're absolutely right um everyone everyone seems to have suddenly uh, i kind of jumped on the um on the hiring spree so i uh, yeah no definitely I think for us, um, and you know, I mean, it's still relatively early days for us, right? Like we've just, uh, we got our series B earlier this year, uh, which is hugely exciting. So that's gonna allow us to really um, uh, accelerate uh, on a lot of the things that we're already starting to do. Um, uh, and in included in that, I think is also actually, is, is telling the stories of the interesting and meaningful work that we're, we're doing, the problems we're solving. Um, and for us, I think from a kind of, I guess, uh, employee perspective, um, you know, I think really getting under the skin of why people join us, why they stay with us uh, and, and sharing that message, um, which I think in our case really is ultimately about the culture, about being a really actually great place to work um, somewhere that uh, you can do really interesting, meaningful work and surrounded by great people. I, which I think is is really important because it you know there is, I mean there is so much demand um, and and for great people at the moment that actually by kind of I and we want to be very honest um, about who we are and what's good and what's not so good because um, there are there are certainly challenges I think of being a, a really fast paced scale up um, and sometimes the time zones can be tricky you know I don't want to be uh, I don't want to skirt over these things but actually there are a lot of positives as well. Um, and that's the, I think the putting that very honest message into the market of um and of who we are, uh, you know, we and and what it's actually like to to work at Sedna. Um as you, you mentioned earlier, the glass door reviews, for example. I mean, that's a great way to find out uh kind of in people's own words, uh, what what it's actually like. Um and I think that it's I I mean it's such a fiercely competitive market right now. I think people are paying attention to uh to not just um the I guess the uh 
the package um, and the perks, but actually also what they are building. Um, is it something they believe in? Is it something that they feel is, is interesting or important? Um, and the people that are in the culture and the company that they're going to be working with. Uh, so I think that's something that we can really, um, uh, where we can where we can really stand out. No, you definitely do, and there's no hiding. Certainly, on you know online, there's no um, uh, with with the likes of Glassdoor, etc. Um, you know, it's there for everyone to see. And I think the statistic is is something like seventy five percent of candidates now will research a company online before applying for a job. And you know, so so in that sense, there is nowhere to hide. And I think um, you know the Glassdoor review certainly says it all about Sedna. So um, it's a great accolade accolade to you. Um, so just to finish, is there, tell us a little bit about, you know, the next six months, the next year, what you guys have got in store. Yeah, I think uh, it's a really exciting time for us at Sedna. I think at the moment uh, we've just got funding. Uh, we've just got the Series B. Uh, we've got a $34 million US round uh, led by our existing, uh, with uh, funding from our existing investors um, and then also led by Insight, uh, who are a really incredible fund. Um, so we, we, it's really cool to have this, uh, both the confidence um, of some really fantastic investors, uh, but also actually um, to be able to have the money to really accelerate a lot of our growth plans um, and a lot of the stuff that we've been really wanting to do. Uh, so it's a really exciting time for us. I think we're only going to continue to grow. Uh, I mean, we've doubled in headcount in the last 12 months. We've been growing rapidly in sales and revenue. Uh, I, I, I mean, touch wood, but I uh, think that's only going to continue. So it's, uh, I think it's going to be quite a busy time for us, but we've got really ambitious goals. But I think there is so much more that we can do to, to actually help people. Um, so I think poor tooling uh, and email is part of that often uh, is one of the biggest frustrations in people's working lives. There's so much noise um, that actually cutting through that to help them to do the work that matters, not just managing their inbox uh, is something that I think is uh, is only going to be more important. Um, I think as people are really are really are starting to adapt to uh, working remotely or different ways of working. Um, actually, I think comms and email is really often going to continue to be at the heart of that. Um, so there's a lot I think we can do, uh, and there's going to be a lot uh, that we need to do together. So we're going to be growing rapidly. I think. Like you say, it's kind of um, more important than ever as we as we continue on this kind of remote journey. So um, thank you so much, Hesse. It's been absolutely lovely to have you join me today. And um, congratulations again on the Series B funding. Um, I, I wish you all the success and um, I'm sure that we'll continue to see uh, Sedna going from strength to strength. So thank you very much and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much, Sophie. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been really lovely to have a lovely chat here. It's been a real pleasure.